Every day, the choices we make create our imprint, the mark we leave through our life and on the world. I'm Natalie Walton, and this podcast is for you if you want to make better decisions in your daily life, from how you create and run your home to building a meaningful business and life that you love. If you're interested in living more intentionally and responsibly, come join me and leading creatives, entrepreneurs, and experts every week. Together, let's create an imprint worth leaving. Are you about to design or decorate your home? I'd love to help you get it right and give you the confidence, guidance and support you need so you don't waste your precious time and money or worse, end up with a home that's not right and that you don't really love. Enrollments are now open in the Design and Decoration Masterclass, which starts soon. By the end of the course, you'll have a master plan for your home and all of the tips, tricks, tools and strategies you need to get it right. I'm sharing all of the lessons I've learned from designing and decorating homes over the past 20 years, and I can't wait to help you create a home you love. For all the details, go to nataliewalton.com forward slash design and decorate. Okay, back to today's episode. Hello everyone, I hope that you're all well. Today I want to talk about something that I'm very passionate about, but I almost don't want to use the word because I feel that it gets so overused, yet it's so important. In fact, if there's just one way that I can leave a positive imprint on the world, it's to help educate and help others create in more sustainable ways. Now, the issue that I have around this is as soon as you say the word sustainable, I feel like at least 50% of the population just switches off because they think it sounds like something that's hard or expensive or just not for them for whatever reasons. They just want to do things that are easy or it feels like it belongs to a certain type of person or a certain section of the population and it's just not relevant to them. But if, like I said, if there's one thing that I can kind of get across to more people is that how important it is that we embrace more sustainable ideas in our daily lives, because the future of the planet is, you know, in the, in the balance because of this, it is something that we've got to consider for our own children. And I just feel that it's the responsible thing to do. There are so many things in life that I just feel that are those golden rules about the way that you should behave. Like you shouldn't be rude to other people, that you should be kind to people, that you should be helpful if you have an opportunity. And I think that you should be sustainable is just one of those golden rules about the way that we should live our life. Anyway, that's how I feel. And if I can help encourage you to sort of go that way a little bit more or learn some more sustainable ideas for your own home and life, then I feel that I will have done something worthwhile with my own life. So as I mentioned, there are often these ideas that people start to think about in relation to sustainability, particularly in relation to the home. So if you sort of think about the word sustainable homes, often people start to think about wooden huts or eco-lodge type places and they often have very dark timber materials or they have a very particular look that was I feel like it was forged in the 1990s when this idea of sustainability first started to kind of become more popular and magazines and I know that I was kind of part of this certainly in the 2000s when I was working at Real Living was that there was a lot of homes 
that you did any kind of search about sustainable design and they were always new builds and they were always had a very particular look, like I said, with very dark timbers and not particularly inviting. You know, they might have had even like concrete floors, which I don't always feel that they're a very sustainable choice, but very hard surfaces and they didn't look or feel like homes that you would necessarily want to spend a lot of time in. Also, I think the other idea that a lot of people have around sustainability is that it's expensive. And I definitely think that there are some elements to that and there are some truths to that. However, I would counter it with two things. One of them is that there are actually a lot of sustainable options out there that aren't expensive. And I want to share some of those with you today. And the second thing is that I truly believe that a lot of so-called cheap products are actually um, counterintuitive in the sense that you think, oh, this is just, this is so much cheaper, this tap than that other one over there. But those products inevitably don't last as long and it's a false economy. You end up spending twice as much, if not more, because you might need to get, you know, the old tap taken out. So you've got to get a plumber out. You know, you've got to get the services that are involved. The same for flooring. You know, people sometimes go for so-called cheap options with flooring and they go into so much pain and expense because it's not a durable product and it can cause lots of headaches and expensive bills down the track. So really think about the lifetime cost of a product, not just what it costs you today. So they're two of the things that I want you to think about in relation to the cost of products. But as I mentioned today, I really wanted to share with you some ideas of how you can incorporate more sustainable ideas into your home design because I think that there are lots of options out there for you. And um, I hope this ignites your imagination because there are so many more. These were just some of the ones that I have found in my recent project of renovating and designing the studio on our property. So I will get straight into it. And um, there, the first one that we came across, I mean, you kind of go through this process when you're designing and obviously you have your vision and, and all of that, but then you have to start sourcing things. One of the first things that I wanted to do was to find some reclaimed windows and doors for the studio for a couple of reasons. One was it would be a cost saving, but also because I really like the character that comes with these types of products. And also we were designing and sort of repurposing um, this former workshop and turning it into more of a creative studio space. And because of that, it already had some kind of existing bones. And I wanted to have this little studio in keeping with the house that was a little bit sort of within eyesight of it, as well as the architecture of the area. And I think that those are important considerations when you're designing any project to really think about your existing site, the surrounding architecture of a place and to make things feel like they're cohesive. So that was one of the reasons behind why we decided to go and source vintage windows and doors. And it was a bit of a process to try and find because when you start going on this process, you have to, obviously you've got to have a sense of like where you want them to go, the amount of space and how many you want. And you can't always get matching sets. So that's something to keep in mind. Of course, you can have a look on 
sites such as Gumtree, Facebook Marketplace, and maybe even eBay, although eBay does feel like it's very much going away from the secondhand goods side of things and more trying those trading sites. But also um, what we did is we went to actually visit some salvage yards. So if you're in Northern New South Wales, we went to North Coast Recycled Architectural Salvage, and I'll put this in the, in the show notes. But basically, if you're local or live nearby to the Byron Bay area and you are looking for some salvaged doors and windows, there's a guy there called Simon who is really helpful and a lovely guy. And he really helped us find many doors and also some of the windows for the project, but he didn't have all of the ones that we needed. So we then went to Red Ned's, which was up the coast a little bit, and they have a more extensive selection of all sorts of salvage goods like sinks and bizarre things, you know, like sort of old vintage lights and some baths and some barn doors and but it's a bit more potluck in terms of what you get. However, we were able to find uh, a greater selection of multiples from Red Ned. So that's something to kind of consider that you do have to sometimes look around for that. You can call ahead with some of these places as well, or you can establish a good relationship. That's certainly what we did on our last property when we were living on the Central Coast there was a place in Tugra that my husband used to go to and because he went there so regularly for the exterior of the studio that we built there, he actually got old floorboards, but just flipped them around. So the varnish side was what we were hiding and we wanted to show the unvarnished side because it was actually under a protective awning. So it didn't have to matter about the weather and whether it was exposed or not. And we got those really cheaply, the floorboards. I can't remember the exact price, but I know it was hardly any money whatsoever. And also we got this beautiful old school window, but we rotated it on its side. And I do remember that that was $70. And it was one of the things that we got the most comments about with that particular studio was this beautiful window and where did we get it? And it was so cheap. and. It really is about using your imagination and going out and seeking those things that are perhaps a little bit different. And that's what gives your home's character. So I definitely am a huge fan of doing that. The one tip though that I would give to you about that is to get, um, if you've got any of the, the panes or the glass that you need to get fixed, to actually send them off to the people that need to do that and get them all done at once because we had to then get someone to come out to site, which was a more expensive process. So that is something for you to consider. But look to your local area and find your local salvage yards and you will be amazed. It will take you on all kinds of inspiring ideas and journeys about what you can use in your project and spark all sorts of creativity. One of the other things that we um, decided upon early in the process when we were sort of looking at that plumbing stage was to go for a composting toilet. And this really came down to cost. So we didn't want to overload or upgrade our current septic system, which is about 20 years old. And the plumber that we were talking to said that we were looking at an expense of about $20,000 to then replace that and also do laying all the pipe work. And we didn't really want to kind of go to that huge expense. So 
we knew that the the toilet wasn't necessarily going to be used a lot and I really didn't want to use a composting toilet, a big plastic one. I'm sure you know the ones that I'm talking about because I just, it just kind of went against everything that felt sustainable to me. And again, this is this idea where, you know, we all have different def definitions of what sustainable is, but to me having these big, ugly white plastic composting toilets, which are usually much larger than a regular toilet, it just didn't seem right to buy something plastic when you're trying to be more sustainable. So after a lot of research, I found a way that we could create a composting toilet that we could basically use a timber carcass and divert, have a diversion system. And so that's what we are doing with our composting toilet. And it is a fraction of the cost of anything that we were looking at in regards to composting toilets. So you can make not only huge savings in terms of, you know, not having to sort of tap into your septic system, but you can also um, make huge savings if you're quite clever and creative with the way that you design your composting toilet. Another way, the third way that um, I'm gonna to share today that we were able to make savings in a sustainable way was to get a vintage enamel bath and get it resurfaced. This again was another one of those things that was really important to me that I didn't want to go and get a, you know, a cheap bath from China, which um, so many of the enamel baths that you can buy online and often quite cheaply, they come from China in a factory. And I always ask, you know, how is this thing manufactured? What happens to the chemical waste, you know, from spraying or the way that it's processed? You know, what are the conditions of the workers? And look, I completely understand that it's not always possible to make the best decision in every circumstance. However, I do think that if it is possible and if there is a way that that's when I try and do it as, you know, as much as possible. So for me, I was looking at the options. I really wanted an enamel bath and basically it came down to three options. The first was to get one of these cheap um, made in China baths that you can buy at various online shops, um, online websites. So that was the first option, which I really didn't want to go down that path. The second option was that there are some companies that have very expensive enamel baths and I really didn't want to pay that expense, but these are ones that are made, um, you know, they're more um, environmental in terms of the way that they're made and in terms of the countries that they're made on. Um, and that was just a huge expense that I didn't necessarily want to outlay. So that's when we were looking into buying a vintage bath and getting it resurfaced. And we managed to look and find a place that specialized in this. And I'm so happy that we were able to find someone that not only did this, but did it at quite an economical price. And again, I will share the details of the company that we used in the show notes, if that's something that you want to look into. Um, but there is um, there is one or two companies within Australia that do it. And again, I, I do believe that when possible to support local manufacturing as well, and obviously you're not kind of contributing to the carbon miles of a particular product. So these are some other things that you can consider when working on your home or a build project that you're working on. And 
they're just asking the questions at every stage and what the different options are and then making a judgment call based on each individual item and product. Another way that we were able to make some big savings with our project was to use construction grade timber for a lot of the cabinetry uh, within, the, within the studio or the joinery. And this saved us thousands of dollars. So we got a um, custom made cabinetry for the kitchen and for the bathroom. For that, we used furniture grade timber because it is very much more on show and I wanted to have a very particular finish for that. However, for the timber bookshelf and the um, some of the other pieces of the furniture, we used construction grade timber and it was much cheaper. Now you do see a lot more knots and imperfections in the timber. And it also means that there's a lot less waste. So these are the pieces that don't make the grade for the furniture grade. But if you're fine with that, then like I said, you can make a lot of savings as well. Now, the final way that I'm going to share with you today, how we managed to save thousands of dollars um, with by choosing a more sustainable option within our studio project was to find suppliers who had marble offcuts. And again, we saved thousands of dollars. So we got initially a quote for about four over $4,000 to have a piece of marble for the um, countertop in the kitchen area, which I almost fell off my chair because I thought it's not a huge area, but we had to pay for the whole slab. And so then we thought, okay, we need to find another option because I really wanted to have marble and we were able to find a business that would sell offcuts. And this was someone that we found on the Gold Coast. And again, I can share the details. Now, my mum who lives near Newcastle, she has managed to find someone who also sells offcuts. So you can find them in your local areas. You just have to sort of do a little bit of research online to find out where your closest one would be. But we ended up paying a about just over a thousand dollars. So we saved ourselves about $3,000 by getting an offcut rather than the whole slab from the original place that we were looking at. So as you can see, by choosing some of these options, we have saved ourselves tens of thousands of dollars by getting our windows from, you know, the recycled and salvage yard, by going with the compost toilet, the enamel bath, the construction grade timber, and then getting the marble offcuts. So tens of thousand dollars we saved. And these are in many instances, things that would have perhaps gone to landfill or being considered, you know, waste of some sort. And we have managed to use all of that within our project. And it feels so good to know that we've made those decisions. As I said, you know, I understand that we have to be realistic sometimes about what we can and can't do. But if there is an option out there, then I really encourage you to consider it because like I said, you know, this is the planet that we've got. And I do feel that it is our responsibility to be good custodians of the land and, you know, just to kind of look out for each other and our world around us. And it's so important, not only for us, but for our children and the, the future of the planet. So these are things that I feel very passionate about. And like I said, often they can not only, you know, be good for the planet, but they can 
result in things that can sometimes be a better de design solution and also save us lots of money. So there can be a win-win situation in many regards. I hope that you have found this helpful and it has inspired you in some way. Of course, there are so many other options out there when you start thinking outside the box. The most obvious ones, obviously, are all the amazing different secondhand furniture sellers in terms of lighting and furniture. There are lots of savings that you can make that way. If you look at suppliers online on Facebook Marketplace or Etsy, there are countless op options out there, but I just wanted to share some that perhaps that you might not have considered. So I hope that you find it helpful. If you're working on your own home and looking to consider some more sustainable options. Thanks everyone. If this idea of creating a sustainable home is important to you, I will share so many ideas and resources for your whole project in my upcoming course, the Design and Decoration Masterclass. To learn more, visit nataliewalton.com slash design and decorate. I'd love to help you with the design of your home or renovation project. All of the links and info you need to access for this episode are at nataliewalton.com forward slash podcast. Thank you to Jaeger Media for producing this podcast and the people of the Bunjalung Nation where it was recorded. I look forward to connecting again soon. I'm Natalie Walton and you've been listening to Imprint. Mm -hmm.